Hello and welcome to the third episode of Tallulah Talks. So today's episode is a little bit more serious, that's why I've changed music and some bits around. So it, this is something that's extremely relevant all the time, It's but it's really, really relevant in today's society. And this thing is America. Everyone can guess and know who and what I'm talking about, so I don't think this episode needs much more of an introduction. Before I get started on the main body of today's episode, I want to raise an issue of racism in today's society. I'm both horrified and devastated by the events that have taken place over America over the past few weeks. When a country is in turmoil, the leader is meant to stand united with its citizens and actually act like a leader. However, Trump has decided to say things like, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. I personally can't understand why a person could ever vote for a man like this. I do believe people should have their own opinions and their own beliefs, but this sexist, racist, homophobic man has moved the world back decades. I think we should also look at the companies that we are supporting. For example, Taco Bell, Wendy's and Pizza Hut, as of the 5th of June, have paid over $200,000 to help Trump's re-election campaign, and I'm personally ashamed that I ever worked for Pizza Hut. The civil rights movement and the charity Black Lives Matter has always been close to my heart, and throughout my life I've done as much as I can to help the movement, even if they're very, very small things. There are so many ways you can help. Firstly, you can educate yourself and people around you about the things that go on. You can donate, you can sign petitions, and if you are unable to donate, you can do so by watching videos for free, watching the adverts all the way through, and help raising money for Black Lives Matter and charities similar to this. I will link any websites or videos in the episode description. Today's episode will focus mainly on Trump and the gross things he says during his time in the public eye, and the way that politics ignores women. But please, please do not forget one of the many battles American citizens and people all over the globe are fighting. Racism. So this is Power, Pads and Politics. So then, let's get started. Um, I wanted to start this episode with a, one of my favourite Shakespeare quotes, actually, which is, All the world's a stage, and all the men and women are merely players. They have their exits and entrances, and one man in his time will play many parts. This saying was the only Shakespeare quote that I could ever really remember from word to word, as for some reason, it sparked my interest, and I think it was something to do with the fact that people would have to pay like a certain role and they were never like as if they weren't true to themselves and they were just all being actors at the end of the day um and a plus side was that it was a really long quote that i'm able to boast that i've actually ever read shakespeare i mean i i've never read it well or really liked it that much well kind of i like the stories like the idea but you know i don't like the the different language so that's the only quote that's like modern day language. So that's the main one that I know. 
But anyway, back to what I was saying. Um, in a Western world, people are cast depending on their abilities and how well they can play the part. In this unprecedented and strange society, power is elected through superficial means. For example, some of these means are things like the size of a person's bank account, who they are sleeping with, and who can scream the loudest, basically. Um, And I'm going to say the word that we're all thinking, and the niggling drain on our lives. Politics. And I am so sorry, I did not mean to scare you, because I know politics is like the London palladium of stages, and you'll see the leading man battling out with his soon-to-be understudy. I know politics is a really terrifying word, and sometimes your gut just swallows itself whole at the sound of it. It is like the great, big, green, drooling monster that hides under your bed, nibbling at your toes at night, whispering nostalgia and lies. And some of these things are like, you know, make America great again, and I did not have relations with that woman. Hmm. Okay, sure you didn't. Um, when you search through every inch of the Western world, even in the dusty cracks of the walls, you'll find that America is the major conglomerate with the highest political scandal rate in the Western world anyway. Even in the race (laughs) to see who's the most scandalous, America would cheat. That's how bad they are. The candidates get ready, go over their lines and give the best performances of their lives. And then people say, bravo, bravo, Trump, you've got the part. You've been able to play the role of a materialistic middle-aged white man. Well done, Mr. President. 2016 was a weird year anyway, for politics mainly. I mean, it's definitely, definitely not as weird as 2020. From all the things that have been happening this year, it's like aliens are going to evade soon. It's just non-stop, really. But in 2016, Trump was elected. Like, congrats, America, you've invited the child snatcher to babysit your kid. You, I really think America has such a special way of electing their presidents. This is the second man to sit in the Oval Office who has had screen ratings rather than political merits. And the ratings were less than 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. So the screen ratings weren't even good. How are you going to think that their political merits are going to be good either? And as we all know, there is a long, long long history of Trump and the senseless, reckless, overall foolish words he has spouted out of his shriveled mouth that have no regard for consequences. See, I personally believe the words have real meaning. From the moment it leaves the tip of your tongue, the meaning bounces across every syllable, bursting and clawing to be free. Trump abuses words. He batters words by his power and he uses them to exploit and own people. I mean, he must believe his words are empty because what possible reason would a man say this about his daughter? You know, my daughter has a very nice figure. If she weren't my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her. Hmm? Creepy, right? He undoubtedly does not see the true value of words and the sheer knowledge and influence they have. Otherwise, why would he say something like that? I believe that, like, politicians are, like, child actors who are all grown up and, like, the fame has gone to their heads. Their life is now rock and roll. Politics is a drug fueled by greed, sex and power and money. Because, as Trump says it best, you know, it really doesn't matter what the media writes as long as you have got a young and beautiful piece of ass. Like, woo, yeah, devil horn sign thing and tongue sticking out and head banging all over the place and all that lot. 
their mantra of meaningless words is continued. As Trump states, it is a very scary time in America for young men. And due to this, men must deny, deny, deny and push back on these women. Or, in other words, no means maybe. See, the word no is not in certain men's vocabularies. It's a very small minority of men's vocabularies, not the majority, and the minority ruin it for the majority of men. But there is no no, and it does not mean what it really means in the certain men's vocabulary. Purely just because, you know, women are just too beautiful. And how can a man understand the word no when they look that good? And Trump says it best. It's, I just start kissing them. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they just let you do it. You can do anything, you know, huh? grab them by the pussy. I, I don't even have to explain why that's wrong. I already hope anyway. Don't have to explain it. Quite frankly, I do not want a life-size blow-up Chucky doll that has just injected a stack of cash into his veins touching me. Ever. Like, ever. Really, I just... I don't even want to imagine it. It's so gross. Mm. Anyway, um, this type of mantra helps birth a generation of young, white-haired boys holding a briefcase, glass of scotch, and a woman's panties tucked into their pockets. Remember... They believe once you smile and wave at a certain man, ladies, you're their slave. Because words are meaningless. Hmm. Great. Um, and also, speaking of female ownership, one of Trump's most famous monologues that he has ever performed on the well-lit stage of his life is, I do own Miss Universe. I do own Miss USA. I mean, I own a lot of different things. You know what longer actually owns Miss Universe or Miss USA, and this is because he was racist and they took it from him. Because, you know, what a harmonious symphony of words, right? Don't you just love when it, that creepy boss we all had, like I'm pretty sure everyone's had one, tries to own you or your beauty? I, Grace. This is the sweet, sweet satisfaction of corporate America. I personally don't like beauty pageants. I never really have, but I know many people do and they see it as a sign of female liberation and all of that lot. If you believe it and you want to do them, you do what you want to do and I'll just stay away from it. Like, I, I you do whatever you want to do. My opinion's my opinion and your opinion's your opinion. If you want to be in a beauty pageant, you go be in a beauty pageant and liberate yourself if that's what you believe. But I believe that they are basically a row of young, beautiful women with all the optimism in the world, and they're lined up like cattle, pulled by their sash like a lead. Trump uses this as a tactic to eye up and judge his future conquests. He scrutinises them for every small piece of hair swiped across their cheek, and the tiny bit of peach fuzz protruding off their top lip. Their world of these contestants becomes a stage lit up just to enhance their flawless bodies, they're posing in a skewed stance and shaking as their legs stiffen and freeze. Still and solid as a rock, with their hairsprayed faces and cotton ball breath. And that's just for Miss Teen USA, but they all have to go through it. They're like lambs to a slaughter who are sacrificed to the bulimic gods, dressed up in a teeny weeny coconut bikini, revealing their little girl shape. And these girls sometimes feel the need to be chopping and hacking away at parts of their bodies, and it's the only bodies they have. 
some girls, they carve out the imperfections and stuff their lips, cheeks and asses with toxic waste. They have their Barbie baby pink toes stuffed into sparkled heels and it's all tied together with the perfect butcher string and this string has their state proudly printed across it. But as Trump says, please do remember, I do own Miss Universe and I do own Miss USA. As Iona of these pageants, there are a few perks for Trump, as he believes anyway. And this is from former Miss Arizona Tasha Diction. She has told people that they were told to treat and lavish Trump with attention when he came to their dressing room. They came, he came to the, their dressing room whilst they were changing. And she says, the owner walking in when we're naked or half naked is very physically vulnerable. I, I felt I was in a very physically vulnerable position. But as Trump likes to remind people, I do own Miss Universe and I do own Miss USA. See, that's the funny thing with Trump. He does not have any value to words except for this one particular word and that actually has meaning to him. And this is the word own or ownership, which is the act of possessing something. He owns a lot of things, but he is particularly proud of owning, or was did own, of beauty pageants and things like that. As if for him, owning a woman is a large trophy and or his standing ovation at the end of the show. He no longer, rightly so, does not own Miss B uh, USA or Miss Universe anymore because of being racist, actually. Um, but in 2016, he was elected president. And like I said to you before, 2016 was a really weird time for politics. Um, but... The American election this year, that year, was different to the others. It was one man and one woman going head to head in the audition of their lifetime. The most important audition of their lives. See, Trump had a fierce competitor. A woman! If Hillary Clinton had won, she would have been the first female president. And let's be honest, she was so much stronger and more fearless than Trump. You could actually see her huge lady balls protruding out of her skirt. Clinton's lady balls were so huge, it got Trump scared. So scared that he felt the need to air out her dirty laundry. And for those of you who don't really know what that means or what they do, it's kind of like they expose the things that they hide and things they're not proud of, like the skeletons in their closet. That's the sort of a tactic that politicians have. But the way he did it, he might as well have hoisted her big pink spotty knickers and bra up the flagpole, saluted them and blew the trumpet. See, in politics, the players use lawless and tactics, tactical things to go ahead of the competition. And how exactly does he do this? So through their words, funnily enough, they dig up every last minuscule emerald buried beneath their competitor surface. And Trump knew exactly what to do and exactly what he should say. So he firstly... He engraved his monologue in, he knew exactly what to say and revealed it line by line to snatch the public's trust. He first of all got a bit personal by saying, if Hillary Clinton can't satisfy her husband, what makes you think she can't satisfy America? And then he also decided to play the positive discrimination card. If she were a man, I don't think she would get 5% of the vote. Because you know, ladies, a lot easier for women nowadays. Did you know that? Um, he also stooped as low to pick on 
Clinton's looks. Does she even look presidential, fellas? Give me a break. <laughs> See, the main protagonist of our play that we're discussing was the boy tugging at the popular girl's pigtails. And one of Trump's tactics for him to get ahead was he thought to bring out his boombox and cassette player, his neon scrunchies and his Nike Air Maxes, and he orchestrated a play about nostalgia to get his great country back to how it used to be in the good old days. And this was his tactics. This, this is what he used in order to get people to believe him and to vote for him. See, he wanted the days back where money was booming and people could say whatever the fuck they wanted. So you could be racist, you could be homophobic, and that's what he wanted back, basically. And from his... <laughs> the past four years, we know he's done that. Especially today, over the past few weeks. See, the American public, a few of them, majority of them, annoyingly, thrived off his uncensored and tactless tongue. They applauded his abrupt, lawless behaviour because he didn't sound like a politician. His words now had meaning, but it was the meaning of the common man. They felt that they could relate to him because he didn't sound like the polit- you know, the big president man or a politician. And quite frankly, Trump's election was a school playground joke gone wrong. After Trump was elected, you could hear the national anthem slowly turning into an eerie undertones of the Jaw soundtrack, like, did it? because we all knew it was going to like ruin something or some other way but it had begun he had secured the role of a lifetime the leading man see the western world shapes individuals into self-hating monsters feeding on the likes and comments of those around them once you're roped in you can't leave you're kept in a chokehold getting tighter and tighter with every defiant breath Politics is a catalyst for these problems. It's the hand that feeds the mouth of many and prescribes the values of these individuals. Politics is a game of Russian roulette, spinning the wheel of life to see which money mogul will be the next person to clutch their sweaty palms around the gullet of the upcoming generation. The fire's flint is Trump. Money is sewed to his hands. He is a hornet disguised as the man who can give you the world. See, the final, this year, anyway, the final bows are played. Roses are thrown on graves and tears are wiped away. The heavy red velvet curtains are drawn and the audiences don't cheer. They can't applaud for the horror show that they have witnessed. Remember, listen to the world and see how you can change it. Sorry, um, the thing cut out there, but I just want to finish off by saying remember to start listening to the world and see how you can change it. But anyway, that was today's episode. Thank you so much, guys, for listening, and I really hope you enjoyed it. If you want to listen to me complain for another 15 minutes or so, make sure you keep an eye out, but I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>